Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Isn't Jesus wonderful? Yeah. Don't you love him? Yeah. It's really good to be with you after f- such a long time. Um, I, I just want to bring you greetings uh, to uh, you, Barry and Vicky, and to you as a church from Maria. Uh, Maria is my beautiful wife. I think she came here a few months ago and spoke at one of your ladies' events, and she spoke so highly of you, and the, just the short experience I had of you guys, you're doing such a brilliant job here as a church, such a great testimony, such a great example to us, and uh, we love Barry and Vicky and the family. Uh, we think highly of them. We are 100% behind them. Amen. We 100% endorse them and their ministry and what God is doing uh, to them, uh, through them, for you as a congregation. And I just love the way that you're supporting them. I love the way that you're standing with them. I love the way that you're praying for them. I tell my church on a regular basis, do yourself a favor and pray for your pastor. I literally do that. I'd say, do yourself a favor and pray for your pastor. Because we want a pastor that is listening to God, hearing from God, and has the courage and the boldness uh, to do what God puts on their heart to do. And so do you. Amen? Amen. And so it it is a privilege and an honor to be here. Uh, Just a little bit about my story. I spent uh, 19 years in an itinerant ministry following after my father. He was an evangelist around the country. And this is one of the places that he came to. Uh, Pastor Tina was leading at the time. And... um, and then he invited me to come along with him on one occasion, and then uh, I got invited on my own, and I spent 19 years of itinerant ministry. And then in 2009, the Lord really put it on my heart to step into another season, another phase of our ministry, and I knew when I heard that that it was pastoring. And um, uh, for me, it's been the greatest privilege and an honor to be part of a local church, and I've always based my ministry in a local church. I believe passionately about the local church, and the Lord, even though we'd had numerous opportunities to take other churches over in our travels, I really felt that God wanted us to pioneer. And so we started in our front room. And just thank God that uh, he, he's brought people whose hearts have been joined to ours. And little by little, uh, we believe that we're touching lives. And our mantra is that we're bringing Jesus to the hearts and minds of people. And I believe the church is the greatest thing that is happening on the face of the earth. Thank you for that underwhelming response. I'll say it again. I believe the church is the greatest thing that is happening on the face of the earth because we, we are God's plan A. We have been trusted with the message of redemption. We have been trusted with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so I just want to salute you as a church for being here when perhaps you could have been somewhere else. I want to salute every single one of you for honoring the house of God and making it a significant place in your life. I believe God has great things in store for you. We've been singing some of the songs. We've been talking about the light shining in the darkness. And one one of the thoughts that came to me, actually, as I was driving down, was, uh, you you know, in Genesis, when God created the days, we would say day and night. But actually, he said the evening and the morning was the first day. Uh, And, you know, the thought that comes through that it doesn't matter how dark it is, light is always going to come. Amen. Amen. It doesn't matter how dark the storm is that you're facing, light is on its way. Light shines into darkness. Can you believe that? Okay. If you've got your Bibles with you, how many of you know church is a good place to bring your Bible? Go with me to Luke's Gospel in chapter 14.
Father, we just want to say thank you for this time together. We want to say thank you for this church, this house, this place where you are honored and Jesus is glorified and your Holy Spirit is at home. Thank you for our time together and being able to praise you and to worship you. And as we've ministered to you, we ask now that you would minister to us as we read your word. Teach us what we need to know. Show us what we need to see. Prepare and equip us for all that you have in store. And God, just help us, not just to hear your word, but to do it. For it's only as we apply your word that we experience the blessing and the fulfillment of your promises. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Go with me to Luke's Gospel, chapter 14. Uh, I want to read a few verses to you, beginning with verse 26. I've got the New King James translation, so if yours is slightly different, then just bear with me. Verse 25 says, Now great multitudes went with him, and he turned and said to them, verse 26, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. That, that sounds pretty strong. It sounds a little bit similar to, not, not similar to what, he's saying because if we read that just without studying it um, we think we have to despise people but actually he's talking about not despising people not hating people but loving less loving less so Jesus is saying if anyone comes to me and does not love less his father mother wife and children brothers and sisters yes and his own life also he cannot be my Disciple. Now you have to understand that everything Jesus said was to give us life and to bring it so that we could have it more abundantly. And so some things may appear to set us at a disadvantage. It might seem to go against the natural way of thinking, but all the time God is working in our lives to position us for life, for his greater blessing and his blessing till it overflows in our lives. He cannot be my disciple. Verse 27 says, Whoever does not bear his cross and come after me, he cannot be my disciple. For which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost whether he has enough to finish it? Lest after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him saying, this man began to build, but was not able to finish. Or what king going to make war against another king does not sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000. Or else whilst the other has, whilst the other is still a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks conditions of peace. So likewise, whoever you does not forsake all that he has, He cannot be my disciple. Salt is good, but if the salt has lost its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is neither fit for the lang nor nor for the dunghill, but men throw it out. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. So discipleship, Jesus is talking about becoming a disciple. Uh, You know, one of the things he asked us to do is to make disciples. This is not exactly three easy steps to discipleship. (laughs) Is that right? This is not exactly discipleship. Anyone can do it. 
He's saying he's calling us. And he's calling us to significance. And he's calling us to leave a mark. He is calling us to greatness. Amen. Amen. He's calling you to greatness. And it's okay to desire to be great in a godly fashion. It's okay to be ambitious. It's okay to be aspirational. Amen. Especially as Christians. It is okay for us to want to do something significant and for our lives to have meaning and to make an impact. And Jesus said, that's okay. Just need to know what it's going to take. You just need to know what it's going to take. I want to take a few points from verse 28. I want to address four things. Jesus said, For which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost whether he has enough to finish it? Four points from this one verse. Do you intend to build? Number two, sit down first. (laughs) Number three, count the cost. Number four, what does it take to finish it? Amen? Amen. What does it take to finish it? This is not Christianity light. (laughs) I mean, you know it costs to serve God. But however much it costs, it more than pays. Because this is not a short sprint. This is for life. Amen? Amen. Jesus says many are called, but few are chosen. Because few choose to be intentional about the way they live and about what they're living for. Few choose to count the cost. Few choose to take the time to sit down and think and pray. Few choose to finish what they begin. Verse 28, for which of you intending to build a tower? Do you intend to build? You see, Jesus said, I will build my church. And so followers of Jesus are also builders. They have a building mentality. So what I want to ask you is, do you intend to build? Do you intend to build the tower? Now, whatever that tower represents to you, we could say in the context of this gathering, do you intend to build the church? Do you intend to build your aspect of church life that you are involved in? Do you intend to build your worship team? Do you intend to build the production that's going on around us? Do you intend to build kids' church? Do you intend to build uh, youth ministry? Do you intend to build the church? You can take that home. Do you intend to build your marriage? Do you intend to build your family? Do you intend to build great children? Do you intend to build your life? Do you intend to build your career? Are you with me? You see, a lot of people want the tower. They just don't want to build it. A lot of couples want the marriage, but they don't want to build it. They want the career, they just don't want to build it. They want the body, they just don't want to build it. 
Are you with me? They want the reputation, they just don't want to build it. They want the credibility, they just don't want to build it. You see, nothing just falls on us. Now, I know we believe in an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I know we believe in showers of blessing. I know we sing the song, Rain Down. I said that once and I I got the wrong song, Let It Rain, Let It Rain, Let It Rain. And that was actually Bruce Springsteen. But (laughs) the delirious one is Rain Down. We, we, but, but great churches aren't just falling out of the sky. No, great marriages aren't just falling out of the clouds. Great children don't just fall upon us. Right. Are you with me? And great ministries in our church don't just happen. Right. You have to build. Right. You have to be intentional about building. Amen? Amen? And your life isn't just going to be great. Right. You have to build. You have to build. Are you with me? Yes. You have to build. Now he uses the word, do you intend? Which of you intending to build? And that is slightly different than how we use it today. Because we uh, use the word intend to cover ourselves when we forgot to do something. <laughs> I intended to call you. I intended to be there, but something else came up. I intended to make the call, but I got distracted. That's not what this intention means. It means to be determined. It means to mean to. It means to be about. So are you determined to build? We see your determination by the, what it takes for you to give up. What does it take for you to give up? is a measure of your determination. So I, I intended to get fit this year. But by the end of January, I'd done too many things contrary to my intention, so I, I gave up. But I'm thinking about getting back into it, maybe January next year. But are you determined to build? Are you, inter- are you determined to build your marriage? Are you determined to, to raise strong and godly children? Are you, are you determined to build the church? Are you determined to build your ministry? Are you determined to fulfill your part? Are you determined to carry through on your commitments? Do you intend to build? We need people that are intentional. We need people that are deliberate. We need people that mean to build. None of us are called to pull things down. Amen? None of us are called to pull things down. None of us are called to pull people down. None of us are called to destroy. There is one who is intentional about destruction. Jesus said the thief goes around, his intention is to steal, to kill, and destroy. But followers of Jesus do not go around stealing, killing, with destruction. Amen? And by killing, I mean you can just take the life out of something that, that is life-giving. It is not the ministry of the Holy Spirit to pull people down. It is not the ministry of the Holy Spirit to bring destruction. Amen? Amen. 
It does not mean the ministry of the Holy Spirit or people that are used by the Holy Spirit to pull people down and to bring negativity and, and destruction. Those who are followers of Jesus Christ have one intention. Those who are followers of Jesus Christ have one intention and it is to build. Jesus said, I will build my church. And the only thing he intends to destroy is the work of the enemy. He was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Amen? Amen. So ask yourself the question, do you intend to build? Which of you intending to build a tower? Notice that Jesus said, or he didn't say, do you intend to maintain? He's, he didn't say, I will maintain my church. Come on. Very good. He said, I will build my church. Right. So people who intend to build are not just maintaining, but they're making it better. Yeah. They are advancing it. They are taking ground. They are making progress. Do you intend to build? It's another thing to maintain. In our church, and we, we started a new generation church in 2009, and um, I'm just about getting organized now. And this is one of the things that blesses me when I have conversations with Barry, how organized he appears to be anyway. Brilliant. Uh, but every now and then, I, I have meetings with some of my team leaders, and, uh, and we say, okay, this happened. How can we make it better? How can we make it better? It was good. Uh, but how can we make it better? Uh, what was people's experience like when they came? How can we make it better? And so I picked up lots of clues on what your church news was, and so I'm just going to tell our guys what your church news was like and what have you, and the things that you're doing. But he's not into maintaining his church, and he's not into you maintaining the status quo. I think somehow, sometimes you know, you know, in life we, we reach a certain age, uh, and you wouldn't believe I was 65, would you? <laughs> Good, because I'm not. And <laughs> but, but, but we reach a certain age, and, and we think, well, this is the way I am. This is the way I am. This is what's happened. These are my experiences. This is my past. This is the way I am. And I don't believe that's how God wants us to be. Amen. I believe he's, he wants us to continually have a life of growing and changing and becoming more and more like Jesus. This is the way I have become, but it's not all I'm meant to be. Amen. It's not all I'm meant to be. So Jesus is about building our lives and building our character and building what we are about. He wants us to follow that and be builders as well, making progress. Do you intend to build? So what he says then is not what I think it's Nike says. You know, Nike says just do it. Yeah. <laughs> and we live in that kind of, you know, that kind of environment generally where we are spontaneous. We see something or we go for it. But Jesus actually said, if you intend to build, sit down first. Yeah. That's right. Very good. Now some of us don't struggle with that. <laughs> some of us do struggle with that. Jesus, especially if you're passionate, especially if you're driven, you struggle to sit down. 
But Jesus said, if you intend to build, sit down first. Sit down first and think. Which is a good thought for a Pentecostal. <laughs> sit down first and think. Sit down first and pray. Sit down first and listen. Sit down first and, and, and get counsel, wise and godly counsel. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Sit down first and study. But Jesus said, if you intend to build, before you say charge, you need to sit down first. Now, I think there are a couple of things when it comes to sitting down that we need to understand. First of all, you need to sit down and understand who you are in Christ. Because a lot of people want to build because they find their identity in something, in a role, in a title. We, we've, we, we've, got to, we've got to realize that what we do comes out of who God made us to be. Amen? So my security is not found in my job title. My security is not found in the house that I live in. My security is not found in the car that I drive. My security is found in who I am with Christ Jesus. I know so many people who have stepped, literally stepped out of what God had for them to do into what they wanted to do because of what they thought it could do for them. They built buildings that were way beyond where they were at. Got into debt way beyond what they could handle. And somewhere along the line, lost track of what God had actually called them to do, what God had actually called them to build, because they wanted to find their security and identity in something else. We have to understand that what we intend to build must be the will of God for us. And I think a lot of times people are struggling with what is the will of God for me, rather than asking what is the will of God yeah. and align themselves to it. Yeah. And we know that the church is the will of God. Yeah. And I, I, I encourage you, friends, if you committed to the house of God and to the church of God, the least thing that you do, the least contribution that you make counts in eternity, yeah. counts in heaven, yeah. makes a difference. Yeah. Amen? Amen? Jesus said, sit down first. Number one, you need to know that you're seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And the life you live comes out of that. Number two, and this is really important because it's really practical. You have to know that you are sitting down with the right people. You have to know that you are sitting down with the right people. You have to choose the right people to sit down with. Are the people that you are sitting with empowering you to build? Are the people that you are sitting with encouraging you? Are they inspiring you? Are they motivating you? Or are they discouraging you? What are the voices that you hear when you sit down? Psalm number one says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the place of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Who you walk with, you will eventually stand with, and then you'll find yourself sitting with. Like I said, I used to do, I, I used to do a lot more traveling than what I am now. I did 19 years of itinerant ministry, 
uh, all around the UK, lots of different churches. And so it was a rare occasion that I actually attended my home church. And when uh, Marie and I had our, our, our children, then she, she didn't travel with me so much. And so she took the boys uh, to church on her own twice on a Sunday. And on the odd occasion uh, that I would be with my children and we would go to church as a family, I, I would notice who my children were hanging around with. So they're walking with a group of young people, and I think, oh, I wonder who, they're, who, who those young people are. And then if they were stood with someone, there was a conversation going on, that, that's another level yeah. of association. Yeah. But I was particularly interested in who they sat with. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. I was particularly interested in who they sat with. Uh, who, who is she? Does she love Jesus? Does she love the church? Does she love the house of God? Is she on the right road? What's the compatibility like? Amen? What, two of the things that I, I really focus on in leading church, and I probably picked this up from Barry and, and Vicky in conversations that we've had. Uh, number one is to create an environment where, where everybody can flourish. And people fulfill their God-given purpose and potential. Number two is to keep it healthy. Keep it healthy. And the number one way we keep it healthy is with the conversations that we have. Amen? Amen. And so I have given my people permission to say, actually, that's not the way we talk around here. You have that permission. Actually, if you don't mind, I'd rather not have this conversation. Actually, if you don't mind, I'd rather not listen to this. Amen? You have to be careful, friends, if you intend to build. Because there are many voices in this world. Remember Nehemiah building the walls? And those voices come come down, "Let's let's have a chat, let's have a conversation. But they were not the voices that they needed to hear. Amen? And you have to watch, if you intend to build, if you intend to build your life, if you be part of something that is building a great church here in Warrington, if you want to be part of something that is having, having a great family and, and a great marriage and a great impact in the world today, yeah. you have an intention for that, you have to watch who you sit down with. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. You have to watch the conversations that you have. Jesus said, which of you intending to build does not sit down first and count the cost. Count the cost. You see, the, the size of what you want to build and perhaps the quality of what you want to build determines the cost that you want to pay. Amen? The cost that you want to pay. The disciples uh, had a conversation once and um, Jesus had just said, you know, I'm going to be betrayed, I'm going to be crucified. And they said to Jesus, okay, which of us is going to be the greatest? It's like they completely (laughs) weren't in the moment. (laughs) They, they, They so often weren't in the moment. 
that story is in another place. I think it's in Matthew chapter 20. And, and I think this is humorous. Uh, James and John, who were the sons of thunder, got their mum to have a word with Jesus. I mean, think about that for a moment. James and John got their mum to have a word with Jesus. Okay, when you come into your kingdom, can my boys sit with you, one on the right and one on the left? And the disciples were indignant. You coward, you got your mum to do that for you. So, so Jesus said, you, don't, you haven't got a clue what you're asking for. You don't know what you're asking for. And, and then he said this, are you able to drink from the cup that I'm about to drink of? So they talked about greatness. Actually, they talked about position and authority and being his left and then his right. And Jesus interpreted that later on when he said, which of you intending to be great? If you want to be great, that's a good thing, but this is how you go about it. They talked about greatness, and Jesus talked about drinking the cup of suffering. Amen? And so we, we want to build, we, we intend to build, but Jesus said you need to sit down and think about what it's going to cost you. What's it going to cost you? What does it take? Count the cost. God wants to do something great with you, friends. Let's not be ignorant of what it's going to take. Faith is not ignoring the numbers. Faith is not ignoring the facts. Faith is not ignoring the circumstances. Amen. Without faith, you, you cannot have faith without knowing what you're believing God for. And people avoid counting the cost. They tell us New Year's resolutions. About 85% of New Year's resolutions are forgotten about by the end of January. It's like three or four weeks into it. Because people start the year with a noble goal. They have a dream. They have a vision. They know something needs to change in life. But they never sit down first and count, what is it going to take? What is it going to take for you to have a great marriage? A little bit of personal information. My wife was my first girlfriend because I was scared. Basically, I was scared. Um, and so she was my first girlfriend. Before I got with Maria, which was, I may have been around 20 or something like that, um, I thought I was really spiritual. I really did. I thought I was a godly young man. I loved the Lord, I loved the Word, I loved prayer. I thought I was really spiritual. When I got with Maria, I was amazed at how selfish I really was. Selfish. Read my Bible, selfish. Prayed in tongues, selfish. When our boys came, it just exposed another level of selfishness. Because before, when I was on my own, my life just revolved around me. And then I have to bring somebody else into the equation who has needs and desires and dreams and aspirations and different taste. <laughs> Completely different taste. I can remember us going shopping once 
And uh, I was a little bit behind Maria. If you, if you know Maria, you, you get that. <laughs> I was a few steps behind Maria. And, and I, I pulled her back and I saw this nice ornament and I said, do you like that? Because I thought it was awesome. I said, do you like that? She looked at it and said, nope, and walked on. <laughs> and, and, and I thought, me neither. <laughs> what was I thinking? So many things had to change. So many things had to change. And uh, What does it take to have a great marriage? What does it take to raise a great family? What does it take to build your career? What does it take to have a great church? Yeah. Amen? Yeah. It certainly takes more than attending. Yeah. Isn't that right? Yeah. Because somebody has to do the work. Somebody has to switch this on. Somebody has to work this, all this equipment. Somebody has to prepare the place. Somebody has to give people that welcome home experience. Amen. What does it take to have a great church? What does it take to have great kids church and youth ministry and build great marriage ministries in church? It doesn't just happen. It takes people being intentional, people sitting down and asking, what is the cost? Because, friends, in all of this, there is a cost. Uh, You know, I'm thinking of individuals and and people that I'm working with in church. And I think a lot of them want to get to heaven in first class. (laughs) A lot of them want to get to heaven in first class. Was your journey comfortable? Was everything okay? And I'm thinking about Jesus. And what it took for him to get to heaven. And how he is scarred from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. And I want to get there and hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant, floating in on a flowery bed of ease. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. There is a cost. Amen. And anyone who has accomplished anything will tell you there is a cost. Even in ministry, sometimes you you hear about so-called overnight sensations. They will tell you, that was a 30-year night. Amen. That was a 30-year night. A lot of discipline, a lot of hard work, a lot of rejection, a lot of failure, a lot of picking yourself back up, a lot of let's have another go. Amen. Count the cost. You're not going to get to heaven without bruises and knocks. It's part of the course. Amen? But His grace is sufficient. When you're doing what He's called you to do, His grace is sufficient. And sometimes, you know, like Paul, we can say, God, take it away. He had these messengers of Satan sent to buffet him. And three times he asked God, take it away, take it away. And God said, my grace is sufficient for you. Sometimes the miracle is that he takes it away. But sometimes the miracle is you experience his grace all the way through. Amen. And finally, Jesus said, whether you have enough to finish. The world is full of great starters. 
world is full of great starters. But what God is looking for are some strong finishes. See, there are no, there are no prizes at the starting line. They're only at the finish. There are no memorials built in honor of people who gave up. But only in honor of those who saw it all the way through. How many of you remember the story of Egal and Palti? Nobody? Sether, do you remember him? These are Bible characters. You remember them? No, you don't. They had two friends called Joshua and Caleb. Yeah. <laughs> you see, those were part of the ten who said, we can't do this. Those were part of the ten who said, we give up. Yeah. We're not going to finish. We want to go back. Joshua and Caleb had a different spirit. And they experienced what God had promised. And I'm asking you to be strong finishers. God is asking you to be strong finishers. I'm asking you to exercise a spirit of faith. To run a race and to finish your course, having fought a good fight. Amen? God is looking for strong finishers. Jesus said, my meat is to do the will of God. I get my energy, I get the grace, I get the sufficiency from doing the will of God and finishing the work that he's called me to do. God is looking for strong finishes. Amen? He's looking at you. You just happen to be here when this message is being preached. God knows you need to hear this. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes, shall we? I want to ask you a question. What's the Holy Spirit saying to you? What's jumped out? What's registered? What's cut to the quick in your heart? Do you intend to build? Are you intentional about your life? Are you intentional about your contribution to the house of God and the church that he's planted you in? Do you intend to build? Maybe you're challenged in that you've got into a maintenance mode in your life. Is he challenging you about sitting down? Understanding who you are. Living out of strength, not weakness. Serving out of security and not out of striving. Is he challenging you about maybe some of the people that you sit down with. And conversations that you allow to take place. Is he letting you know you, you've got what it takes? Yes, count the cost. Believe me for my grace. It is sufficient. Or is he challenging you about you need to finish what you've started? You need to see this through to the very end. Don't give up. Don't grow weary whilst doing good. In due season. And due season is always later than you think it should be. But in due season you will reap. If you do not lose heart. God has spoken to you. I want to pray for you. If you want to be included in my prayer. I'm going to count to three in a moment. And I just want you to stand up right where you are. You want to be included in this prayer. Stand up. One. Two. Three. All across this room will you stand up. Hallelujah. You intend to build. 
As long as we're here on planet Earth, God has work for us to do. There are other people sitting down and I know God is working on your heart. And take the courage. Be strong. To live with intention takes strength. To count the cost and do it anyway takes strength and courage. Let's bow our heads and if you can just raise your hand. It's an act of surrender. Father, you not only see those that are standing up, but you see the hearts and the lives that they represent. Thank you for this time and thank you for this word that they have received. And it's not just been what I've been saying, but it's what your Holy Spirit has been registering on the inside of them. Even words that have not come out of my mouth, your Holy Spirit is our great teacher. And I pray for every single person that this would be a defining moment in their life, that you would help them to take up the slack in areas where they've allowed things to drop, that you would bring and help them and challenge them about being disciplined and diligent about the things that you've called them to do and about the part that they have to play. I pray that they might step into a grace, a grace that is greater than the price, a grace that is greater than the cost. And Father, I pray that you would strengthen them I pray that you would build into their hearts such a resolve that they would refuse to give up. They would refuse to let go. They would refuse to draw back from the thing that you are calling them to. But I pray that they would be fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ who will count the cost and always be mindful of the time when they stand before him and we stand before you and give an account for the life that we live. May the greatest desire of every heart be to hear you say, well done, good and faithful servant. We ask this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen and amen. God bless you, everyone. It's been so good to be with you. I was here.